So the topic is responsibility. And I think everyone and each one, you at least in one area, you're responsible of something. When you are responsible, for example, for a family, for a small group, for a church, for a business, whatever, there are two words to, you have to be aware. First of all, your emotions, it's very important. And the second thing, your expectations. I want to speak about those two topics in terms of responsibilities. I want to start with a very, very simple illustration, and I think you know what I'm talking about. For example, Monday morning early, you are in the elevator, you're ready to go to work, right? But all of a sudden you can see there's one guy, he walks very fast towards the elevator, and you're very polite because you push the button, because you're Christian, and you wait. You know that? And a guy comes into the elevator and you think, okay, let's, let's go. And in that moment, you can hear an amazing signal. Oh my goodness, we are too heavy. The elevator is overloaded and you know one person has to step out and whose fault is it? The last person who sneaked in, right? It's not you because you have been there already for a minute. And this is actually exactly a very good symbol or uh, illustration for our lives. Our lives is like an elevator. And sometimes it's so packed, it's so crowded, our agenda is so really, really on the top. And only one thing happens. And that one thing can ruin a whole day or a whole week in your personal life. You can see like uh, our soul or our emotions, it's like a tank. It's our emotions already full or your agenda is pretty packed, pretty full. Only one thing happens, for example, the elevator example, and what happens is one person, one talk, one situation, one email, one comment on Facebook, and the whole thing over, overflows it, right? And then you see, oh, that person is, 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 is the mistake. No, you have been already too full. If your emotions, your spiritual thank is not on the top, for example, if that person sneaks into the elevator, you say, praise the Lord, one person more. You have space, you have the capacity, and that will not bring you to the limit of your emotions. You understand that picture? What happens often, then we start to blame the person. The person is not the problem. The problem is you're already too full. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 3 to 5, I want to bring this Bible verse in the context of that tank in a, in a different view. Why do you look at the speck of the shadow in your brother's eyes and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to the brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a blank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the blank out of your own eye, and then you will see clarity to remove the speck from the brother's eye. I draw that in a very, very special illustration because it's an amazing Bible Can you see, for example, in the next slide, you can see in the eye, this. It's obvious, right? It's obvious that your tank is full. It's not a problem you're coming home very tired from work and your dog greets you and your wife forgets to greet you. And all of a sudden, the whole day is ruined in one moment. The problem is not your wife. The problem is not the dog. The problem is yourself already. You are too full right now, and you don't have a capacity to handle those situations anymore. And my wife, she would love to speak about our emotions, because when God has given us responsibilities, I think we have to be careful about our emotions. Honey, this is your part. Oh, here, here. here. 
here, here, now, I'm here, now. Good. Okay. Kissing is very important. Yeah. Even though in, thank the, in you. the church. And even thank you for your, um, what you say, your, your beautiful words for Mother's Day for of me. Course, thank no. you so much. Anytime, thank no problem. So Don't take it for granted. <laughs> but now it's all about be aware of your emotional resilience. And we have these two glass vases and they symbolize two different stages in our lives. This one symbolizes the emotional stability, while this one um, symbolizes our emotional um, instability or liability. And it's interesting, I mean, we all find ourselves in different stages for different reasons. And I would like to read you what is potential stress factors, because the ability to deal with our emotions properly is is what is said is emotional stability. It's hard to say English, very difficult. But anyway, and if we can handle um, all this reaction that is caused from outside, then we know that we are emotional stable. But if we cannot handle it, if we uh, cannot easily handle with setbacks and failures, then we know that we are probably emotional label and we suffer from emotional liability. So anyway, here are the reasons and the stress factors we, we uh, can visit in our lives or we can experience in our lives. For example, it's constant availability or frequent overtime or high performance pressure. Another one is constant noise pollution. Do you know about that? Constant noise pollution. And ongoing financial problems is another one. Or the death of a loved ones. Cyberbullying. I had to ask my sons, what is cyberbullying? It's quite a new word for me. It's when you have bad comments in Instagram, for example, it starts there and ends somewhere totally else. And continuous multitasking. Even though we women, it's said about us that we are very good in multitasking, but sometimes it's overflowing and our emotions go crazy with us. And it's hard to just keep them calm. Another one is uh, fearsome war rhetoric. Another one, increasing environmental damage. So, I don't know what about you, but in my case, I can point at least to three of them right now. And we all experience these uh, stress factors in our life. Because in my case, it's the death of my father, the end of the year. And when I see my mom, how she has to deal without my father, they spend time together all day. So it's difficult to see that. Then we, we sold our house. And this is also, this used to be our home for more than 18 years and we sold it now and it also was a big deal and then moving out but not moving in into the new apartment. So you can see all of a sudden I, I could feel that my emotions are harder to control than I used to. So I could see that I am emotionally um, late, 
I, I, I suffer from emotional liability. I don't know what about you. And the question is not if we experience situations and circumstances like that. The question is how we gonna deal with that. How we become less of these emotions. How, how does the pressure release? And I figured out three things. I was also inspired from the internet, but these three things really helped me to deal with my emotions, to deal with this liability in my life, this emotional liability in my life. So the first one is problems should be put in the right perspective. I found myself one day um, in my mind, I was already writing to my uh, small group WhatsApp and I was uh, complaining and, and or explaining my situations I am in. You know, this happened, then that, and, and uh, this is quite uh, intense and this is heavy. When all of a sudden a sentence sneaked in, but you are not in a war. So this must have been the Holy Spirit that dropped in that sentence. And in one moment, my perspective changed. And I realized that's true. I have a lot going on in my life right now, but it could be far more worse. And the Holy Spirit did not point and say, look, this other person has much more, to, to, much more weight to, to carry than you. He said, you are not in a war. It's as if he understood that I have quite a load to carry, but he said, see, be thankful that you are not in war. And it was in one second as if some ounces of water was out of that waste and it released some pressure in my life. This is the first thing, change perspective. The second one is, um, to help build emotional stability, what is the learning from God, from God's point of view? So maybe God already told you months ago that you should have one day without your mobile turned on. Or maybe he pointed out in your life that it's time to have this one day just for him and not working, not doing this and not worrying about that. Maybe he said something already months ago, but we are too busy to do that. We forgot about that. So in my case, it was more than one year ago when I came up with the idea to walk for one hour every day. And I kept on doing this, I kept on doing this, and I realized that this helps me with my, to deal with my emotions. But exactly these things need time. And so often we skip that because I thought I could not afford to do this one hour walk every day. And we skip that. And what happened, actually we could not afford to skip that. We should do what is good for our soul, what helps us. So while we were moving from one apartment to the other the last couple weeks, I had to look for a new one hour walk almost every other week. And then you would be easily tempted to just skip that one. 
But I kept on going, I kept on going, even though um, in my old home I had a much more beautiful um, tour to go. So I was walking in the city, the, the car noise was there, and the, the city is a building place all over, so the building noise was there and was not, was not um, refreshing and refueling for myself. But nevertheless, I kept on walking and just when I had a half an hour and wanted to turn, I came to a place, it looked like Psalm 23. And here I have a video, a short one. You see the river, the green grass, and, and the leaves coming out, and my heart opened right away. And my heart was so open, I was walking a little bit further there, and then God spoke to me and said, I, make you lay down on green pastures. And it was as if he wanted to say, not you have to, to do a lot, not you have to, to do this and to do that. It's me, God. I make you lay down on green pastures. So it released, it was another release in my life where I felt the tank was, was uh, going down for ounces, for, for, for a lot went down. This is the second one. And the third one is, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, here it is. The third one is rewrite your story to get a more positive perspective. Rewrite your story. Maybe this is very difficult for you to rewrite your story because you are so much into your own story that it's difficult to, to, to rewrite it. But why don't you, you think of a friend of yours, how she would see your own situation? And then maybe it's easier to rewrite your story. What I mean by that is what I experienced myself. You know, when I think of my life and how everything, for example, about the moving situation should go right straight, right straight. But then God told me that he sees this moving situation and the delay not as a delay, but as an embellishment. So I think straight, but he thinks in circle. He thinks that this phase in our lives, this season is an embellishment. And whenever I wanted to feel stressed and whenever I feel this pressure emotionally, then I reminded myself of what God said. It's an embellishment. And this helps me to think differently about my situation. When I feel like pressure, then I think, okay, God, you see it as an embellishment. This is funny. Isn't that funny? You see it as an embellishment. So it helped me to laugh about our situation. It helped me to, to, to relieve another bits of the water of my oasis. And these three things are so important to help to grow mentally and with our emotional stability. Wow. wow. Thank you so much. Awesome. Amazing. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I wow, try you, my best. No, it's amazing. You know, this is often when we speak about responsibility, we say do more this and this and this. We speak about leadership. It's all good. 
But often we forget to speak about our, our emotional, our tanks, because if those are pretty full, only one thing happens and you are done in your life. You give up, you quit, you run away. And that's the thing. That's why be careful about your soul, about the tank of everything that God has given you. My second point is be aware of your expectations. When I speak about expectation, you have to understand about generations. In our church, we have generations from all different generations. I want to teach you a little bit about generations to explain you what is about expectation. Here is the generation, the builders, for example, they are born before the year 1946. The baby boomers uh, born between 1946 to 1964. Generation X, X, that's me, born from 1965 to 1975. Generation Y, born from 1980 to 1994. Generation Z, born from 1995 to 2009. It's actually our two boys are Generation Z. Generation Alpha, it's born from the year 2010. Why? Is those generations important for the message? Because every generation thinks different, feels different, and lives different. For example, the builders, they, they, they experienced the World War II, actually. The baby boomers experienced the moon landing. That was a big thing in, in those days. Generation X, the stock market crashed in the year 1987. Generation Y, uh, except 11, 9, uh, um, the 11, uh, September 11, uh, the crash in New York, this is like insane. Those generations, they, they saw it with their own eyes. Generation Z, uh, for example, it's the, uh, the, the crisis of, of, of the finances and the Generation Alpha, they will experience Donald Trump and Brexit. I don't, I don't say anything about it, but just do those things, they will, it will be a big difference in their own life. What is the, about the course? The builders experienced the Ford Model T, the first car actually. Then came the Ford Mustang, then a big family car, Toyota Prius, then Tesla, and Generation Alpha, they will experience a car who drives by themselves. If you are a car driver, I'm so sad for you. There will be a dead of, uh, time in, ahead of us. We will not drive the car by ourselves anymore. The car drives by himself. This is pretty boring. Then comes another thing about the generation builders, they were like what generation of the roller skaters, they thought, oh, we can roller skate, we're so cool. Then came the Frisbee, the Recube, BMX, the folding scooter, and the generation Alpha, the fit spin. Very, very crazy. Then about music. The builders, they came up with the record players, then came the audio cassettes, then the Walkman. I had the Walkman. When the Walkman was invented, I thought the world is, it's, it's no, no bundles anymore. We can do everything. <laughs> then came the iPod, Spotify, and Generation Alt will be a smart speaker. The smart speakers, they, they, they can speak with you for like, a, like a woman, like a man, but only good things. Then let's think about leadership. Leadership, that will change. Even though I said from now in 15 years, leadership will be changed. The builders, they had a controlling leadership style. The baby boomers said, we direct you. Generation X, we say it's more coordinating. We sit together and we coordinate everything. Generation Y, they said, I guide you along your journey. Generation Z, they say, I, I empowering you. I empowering you. Generation Alpha, they will say, yeah, there is a leader, 
but there is no leadership team anymore, there is no management anymore, because every single person is an inspiration. And we can learn from each other, it's like collaboration, and we will do it together, and there's no structure anymore. I don't know how it, how it will work, but this is just the way how generation uh, thinks. When I speak about responsibilities, you think always in your own generation. And you have to understand when you're sitting together with your mom, with your granddad, you speak a total different language. Uh, let's go to the baby boomers. They believed if we work very hard, if we work very hard years and years and years, they are the builders, the doers, the working very hard person. If we work, we can achieve it. This is what they believed. But here's the thing, after some years, reality and your expectation, it's a big gap. And as bigger the gap gets, as more you are frustrated and as more you feel like, I'm not happy anymore. Even though the generation baby boomers, they worked very hard, but a lot of people say, we worked like a donkey. But in the end of the day, we had nothing. That means reality, expectation, a big gap. Do you understand that? This is very important to understand. Let's go to the generation set. They have a different mindset. They say, because just wait till the world see how amazing I am. They will do nothing. They wait until 8 billion people say, you are amazing. Why is it so? Because we preached and teach to those generations, you're amazing, you are unique, you can do everything. God is for you. You are precious, you are awesome. We teach that generation. I don't say it's wrong, but that generation we have to teach, go out and do something. Come on, change the world, you lazy, flipping flip. Um, but they do nothing. They, they just, you, you, will, you, you will figure out how amazing I am. You know, here's the thing. Between reality and their expectation, it's also a big gap. It's the same gap like to every generation. And as bigger the gap, the gap gets, as more frustrated, even though those people will be, even from generation to generation. And here comes another thing. But they will look up to those people, frustration, disappointments, but they will look up to those people around their corner with Facebook and social media. Social media and Facebook, it's actually lying to each other. Facebook, it's not real. Instagram is not real. You're sitting in a restaurant, you're waiting for hour, one hour until you have the perfect picture. Boom! And if you have the per if you have, if you have the perfect picture after one hour, you bring it into social media and you face it. Oh my gosh, they're in a restaurant. She is happy. Everyone is happy. Yeah, after one hour. And those people give you the, the feeling, I pimp my world. But that poor world is very shallow. And I want to say to you right now, it doesn't matter which generation you are, from the expectations into reality, it's always a gap. That means the gap, as bigger the gap gets, as more frustrated we are. And here are two things what happens. Either we say, I don't have any expectations anymore, that means I will not be disappointed. But then your life is super boring, has no, no flavors in it, right? Or you say, no, no, I stick with on my expectation 
and it can be, and, and it's very high, that you will be super disappointed. And I believe from the bottom of my heart, if God has given you responsibilities, there's a third way of expectations. And I want to close with my last point. I expect that the will of God to be done. I believe and I expect in my life, not my dreams, not my longings, not my desires, not my ambitions. It's not about me, myself, and I. Because the day I received Jesus Christ, I said, it's not about me anymore, Christ. You will should be done in heaven as in on earth. When we got baptized, we say, I will die. My old Leo, it's gone. I resurrect from a new way. Christ lives in me. And I expect the goodness of God in my life. It can be bigger than my circumstances. And here is my Bible verse, and I believe from the bottom of my heart in this Bible verse. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, this is really my Bible verse from the bottom of my heart. The Bible says, but seek first his kingdom. If you seek first the kingdom of God in every area, the kingdom of God in terms of your money, in terms of sexuality, in terms of culture, in terms of the word of God, in terms of the church. If I seek, have a longing for the kingdom of God, it's not I seek my dreams, my will and my ambition. I preach right now to you. I seek the will of God. I go for the will of God. I stick and believe and I will not give up in the will of God. If I seek the kingdom of God, but seek first the kingdom of God. First the kingdom of God. And all these things will be given to you as well. I expect the goodness and the grace of God. It's more than enough. God can do more than ever can dream or imagine. God is bigger than my circumstances. That means I believe that God can have more in store than I ever have in my own life. That means people often ask me, has your way life turned out exactly the way you believed it, you, you longed for? My answer is always, no. I don't have a five years plan in my life. It's nothing wrong with a five years plan. But I tell you something, God surprised me every year in my life. I started this church, I served in every area. And one day God spoke to me and said, you have to write books. And now I wrote more than 22 books in my own life. God opened the door for the TV. I never thought I have a TV face. I travel around the world. I could never imagine travel around the world and preach all over the world in all big churches. I could never imagine. But I said, God, your kingdom comes first. The first day in a week, it's not Monday. Sunday, it's the first day in the week. That means in a Sunday, I'm in the house of God because I seek the house of God first. First and then job. First come the kingdom of God. Right? My money, I give the tithes. The first part of my money goes away. I give the tithes into the kingdom of God. I honor first God and God will do the rest in my own life. Sexuality, sexuality, the same thing. In every area of my life, I put God first. I put God first. I put God first. I put God first. Not because I'm religious, because I am smart. I am smart. I am smart. I am smart. I'm not working hard, but I'm smart. Do you understand what I'm talking about? If you seek the kingdom of God, I believe this from the bottom of my heart, there is no limitation anymore. 
In the second Bible verse in Psalm 22 verse 12 and to 14, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Plant in the house of the Lord. I am planted in the house of God. And the house of God is for me the local church. I believe in the power of the local church. I believe that the church is the hope of the world. I believe this from the bottom of my heart. If you are planted in the house of God, planted in a family, planted in the house of God, they will flourish in the courts of the God. They will bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and always going green. Church, this is what I believe from the bottom of my heart. I lay down my expectations. I have laid down my dreams, my ambitions that God, here I am. Use me not for my kingdom. Use me not for my glory. There's no such thing as a Leo, Leo bigger worldwide ministry. I serve God. Wherever God leads me, wherever God sends you, I will go. But I believe in the bottom of my heart. And I have an expectation that I cannot outgive God. God has always a bigger shovel. God always can do more than I ever can imagine or dream. My expectation is never in a system, it's never in an age generation, it's never in my abilities, it's never in my gifts. It's always, I believe from a bottom part, if I seek the kingdom of God, if I am planted in the house of God, if I put God first, can you feel I preach right now? I'm not talking anymore. This is what I believe from the bottom of my heart because you need a vision and you cannot outgive God. God is always, is always a bigger shuffle. That's why when we speak about responsibilities, about your emotions, expectations, I expect from God everything and anything. Not what I long, God knows my heart better than I do, right? God knows my future more than I do. God has, 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 God, God has a vision what is the best for me and my wife, my kids, for our local church. That's why when we speak about responsibilities, take care of your emotions. Don't ever relay in your generations in terms of expectations, but expect from God the goodness and the best in your life. God has so much in store. You cannot outgive God. This is really, really, really expect from God everything. Can we bow down our, 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 can we close our eyes and bow down our, our, our head for a moment? And I believe right now, maybe you're here for the very first time or, or maybe you've never given your life to Jesus Christ or right now you have an area in your life where you have become lukewarm or even though maybe you, you have forgotten to put God in first place. Or even though you're disappointed about certain expectations you had. And maybe you're saying, where is the grace of God in my life? And before we pray with each other, I want to just give those people for the very first time or again, just the invitation to say yes to Christ. When all the eyes are closed, and I want to give you privacy, but I, I would love to see for whom can I pray. Maybe you say, Pastor, you include me in that prayer. I need Jesus. I need forgiveness. I, I need really a, a new start in my life. Please in, include me in that prayer. If this is you, can you hold your hands for a moment? Just give me a sign from all. Say, Pastor, I'm here. Thank you so much. I'm here. Thank you so much. Is anybody else here? Thank you so much. Thank you so much in the corner. 
This is a very, very important moment for you. Please pray with me. Say, dear Jesus, thank you so much for my unique life. Please forgive me all my sins and failures. And I receive your forgiveness. I make you as my Lord and Savior. I lay my life into your hands. Lead me and guide me. Bless me and protect me. I am yours forever. The Bible says when you pray this prayer, we are born again. We belong to the family of God. Your sins are forgiven. God says, welcome home. Welcome home. Susanna, let's pray for our, our emotions and all the expectations we have. I would like to pray for all of you who experience this emotional liability caused by some stress factors, maybe just one, maybe several in your life. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that we are not a failure if we feel like that. That if we are not, if that we haven't reached the end when our race is full. But thank you, Lord Jesus, that right now you show us a key. You show us how we can release the pressure, how we can let go of some of this water, how we can empty our ways and remind us every single day that the connection with you makes us strong and that we do not skip what you said would help us but can do every single day. May your Holy Spirit help us it's nothing wrong to say to God what we're expecting. It's nothing wrong to say, God, I have a longing for a boyfriend or for a girlfriend. I want to be married. I want to have kids or I would love to start a new company. This is nothing wrong. Because when I pray to God, I explain God my dreams and my longings. This is nothing wrong. But always when I spread out my longings to God, I always pause and say, God, you know what is the best for me. You are God and I am not. You have the vision of what is the best for me. And I lay down, even though my plans, even though my longings and desires, I will lay it on your altar. I will sacrifice even though for you. If this is not for you, burn it down. Only that, only that part shall be remain what is from you. Because here I am God. To serve you, kingdom comes first. Can we have this moment for maybe next one or two minutes where you just share your heart right now to Christ. Tell him what you want. Tell him what, what, what you desire. And then we will push together a button of pause and we will ask God for his will.
nothing wrong to say it because this is our longing this is how we see it the Bible says God hears God hears our cry from the bottom of my heart God can see my future and God hears the cry he even though sees he sees he hears and he can sense and feel but the Bible says God's hand is not too short he can intervene and God you know my longings and my dreams and my desires this is what I'm longing for but right now I will lay everything on your altar not my will should be done you shall should be done as in heaven as on earth your kingdom come you will should be done and I'm here to serve you use me for your glory use me for your kingdom your name is above all the names and right now you said that two or three people coming together you're here in the midst Jesus you are here healing is here salvation is here redemption is here you can restore relationship you can heal my body my soul and my spirit and believe if I seek the kingdom of God nothing is impossible for my God in heaven Church, right now we, I love the moment when we spread out our longings to God, but there's a moment when we praise worship, when we, when we sing to Jesus. Praising worship to Jesus means, I believe you are in store, you are God. Nothing can stop you. You give the best in me. Can we stand up for a moment and shout it out and scream it and believe it and take position right now. 